you just tuned into the hippest way to start and grow your indie author career, learn the ins, the outs, and all the all-arounds of self-publishing with the team from D2D and their industry-influencing guests. You're listening to Self-Publishing Insiders with Draft2Digital. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another D2D Spotlight. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And today we're chatting with Tadra Candle. We're going to get to know her real well over the next uh, 45 minutes-ish. So first up, let's welcome Tadra. Hey, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm yeah, I appreciate it. You're super busy. So if, if you're coming on, it means something else is not getting done. No, it just means I got up a little earlier this morning. <laughs> you got up and knocked a few things out. So uh, you're, you've, you, you're like me. You wear a lot of different hats. Uh, one of those hats is author. We share that in common. One of those hats is organizing uh, conferences. You've organized a, a few that I've been to, actually. You want to talk yeah. about that a little? That's an interesting thing. Like, we don't have people who organize conferences, usually. Uh, it's fun. You know, it wasn't something that I, I necessarily ever said to myself, oh, I want to, you know, grow up and be a conference organizer. Um, it, it just happened that in 2015, the person who uh, organized Indie Book Fest in Orlando decided not to do it anymore. And, um, and she let me know first because I had given her a hand for a, a couple of years. So I reached out to my business partner at the time and said, hey, are we crazy enough to do this? And we decided we were. And so um, we did that for five years. Um, I stepped back uh, after this, this last year um, because of a couple different things. One, I became a grandmother. And so I- oh, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, she's 15 months old. She's perfect. And um, she's already working on her first book. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, her father is an author, too. So so it's in her blood. Um, anyway, in so that, that was something. And then I also was getting more involved with NINC, which is the, um, the conference that I was um, assistant chair last year. And this year, yeah. I'm full chair and also interim president. So excellent. Yeah. That's um, I, I, I don't envy that part because uh, <laughs> I know what goes into all of those roles. Um, and I've talked to enough of the past presidents of Nink to know that's not a role I wish to fill. So. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we have incredible members. Our members are just the best. Um, and, and I'm not just saying that I have been a huge Nink fan since I first became a member. Um, and it's, it's an incredible organization. Um, our, our members are gracious, they're kind, they're forgiving, and they have to be because, you know, I kind of, um, came into this a little earlier than what I expected. And I've told them that I, I'm going to stumble. I'm going to make mistakes. So, Please just have grace. And they have it. There's no way you're going to stumble and make mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah. yeah. So, and and Indie Book Fest is now Orlando Reads Books. And um, Mandy is still doing that. So I encourage everybody um, to look at that. It's on Facebook. It's, uh, you know, and it's going to be happening in the same location um, this August. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I liked, uh, I've really enjoyed that conference. You know, it's, it's not on the same scale as, uh, as Nink and the authors who come are kind of more 
my breed, I guess, you know, the indie authors, uh, you know, the, the folks that I talk to regularly through uh, my podcast and through DDD, uh, you know, they're kind of, a lot of them are just starting out. Some of them are pretty savvy though. I mean, some of them have been in this business for a while and they got their marketing on point. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it was very cool to work with a, a range of authors, some who were, uh, had, had been doing this for a very long time, um, uh, you know, and others who were just starting out and, and didn't know, you know, they, they didn't yeah. know a whole lot, but it was, it was very cool to see that light in their eyes. Like, Oh my gosh, I can actually do this. You know, this, yeah. is, this is, this is doable. Um, yeah. you know, we've had a wide range and it was, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I think we were one of the first conferences that Drafted Digital came to way back in the day. Yeah, um, I think it was before my time with DDD. Yeah, Dan was. I don't know how many we were attending at that point, but yeah. yeah and Dan kind of came and, and got trapped know, in a hurricane. You know what we're doing, and we said, we don't know. This is our first year, too. So here we go. <laughs> We've been very appreciative, you know, all along. And you have uh, then, uh, because we, you know, we as DDD, attend a ton of conferences worldwide you know dan's always traveling mark lefave is now with us he he travels and does stuff i travel and do stuff um we can see from our perspective uh, a lot of benefit for you know the influencers and the industry folk and uh and as an author i can i have personally seen a lot of uh benefit for authors uh can you talk a little bit about that like what are some of the benefits and perks of attending these because there can be very cost prohibitive sometimes so they have to have that return on investment right so right. you share a little bit of your insight there sure i mean you know one of the things we wanted to do with indie book fest was have it be um something that was worthwhile not only from a, a author to reader point of view but also from just author education author um uh, networking uh authors learning what they needed to know because we live in an age where there's a lot of information on the internet. You can find out pretty much everything that you want to know there, but there's nothing that can replace that, that face-to-face -face, uh, conversation and, um, you know, just, just learning from other authors. Uh, it's not always just in workshops. It's not always, um, you know, when you're having a meeting with somebody, it can be sitting in the bar. It can be at karaoke. You know, you, you just don't know what you're going to learn. Exactly. Um, and, and it's good. It's in it's in uh, elevators. It's in between sessions. So we always wanted to create an environment where authors were getting to know each other and, yeah. and getting to know the industry people, too. Um, and and then the, the reader portion is also, you know, getting letting authors and readers get face time. Um, I, I don't think anything can replace that. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. You brought up the bars and I, our experience has been <laughs> that when you want to get to know the authors set up at the bar and uh, you'll, they will parade themselves to you, especially if you're buying them drinks. Uh, <laughs> little, little pro tip there for the industry yeah. folks listening. This is, this is true. Um, you know, as somebody who um, my first couple conferences that I went to, I, just looked at it that I wanted to stay in my room and write and, and, you know, just enjoy the peace and quiet authors, not all of us, but a lot of us tend to be a little introverted. Um, so I, I really, you know, it, it took some prodding for me to go out, but I've learned, and especially with Nink, I go and I sit at the Tiki bar and it's just nice to be outside. It's nice to be, um, you know, listening to the music, you get to see other people, you're sitting by the beach and then, you know, 
it's kind of becomes musical tables. Have you seen that happen that, you know, people yeah. are going from one table to the other, or you yeah. have a whole group set up. It is, it's, it's a very good thing. Um, and in some instances like Nink, it's like they're hopping, they're bar hopping. Like, cause there's the Tiki bar, which is not what it's called, but that's what everyone at Nink knows it as. Cause it's that outdoor Tiki bar. Uh, and then the shark tooth and all that. And so everybody's always migrating from one to the other. Like if one's closing down, you go to the tiki bar. That's the last one open. <laughs> yeah. Tiki bar is the last one open. And also with noise level, it's a little yeah. bit better. The shark tooth can tend to get a little bit, a little bit loud. Um, most of my experience with shark tooth is, is during the karaoke night, which is yeah. always a fun. So, um, but it is, it's fun. And you're right, it doesn't, the Tiki Bar doesn't shut down. And they have a drink there that's called, if, if anybody goes to Nink, it's called um, the Almond Joyous. And it is everything. Oh, yeah, I owe you one of those. You do. You get one. Because <laughs> we risk, <laughs> I like to let people in on the, the inside uh, scoop on everything. And we, I had uh, set Tadra up on a date, and it turned out there was already someone scheduled. And so we picked another date and it turned out there was already someone scheduled. So I made her reschedule three times before this finally landed. So I'll enjoy this for you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I don't forget those things either. So yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't have it any other way. So, uh, so, okay. So that's conferences and I, I love uh, the whole conference environment. Actually, it is a chance. I'm an introvert. People don't believe that. Um, People call me a liar all the time, but I am an introvert. I'm what I call a high functioning introvert. Uh, but uh, it is, you know, I get kind of, I get locked in these little quiet rooms all the time. And so when I go to these conferences, it is a chance to let your hair down and kind of, you know, just interact with your community at people who understand what you're doing exactly. and what you've got going on. Um, Let's talk about you as an author, though, because you you write your own books. Now, what what genre do you uh, write in? I'm guessing. Wait, I'm guessing heavy sci-fi futuristic military. <laughs> no, not not anything even even remotely like that. Um, I, I edit a little bit. It's even hard for me to edit those books because it's just not my thing. I have extreme respect for anybody who can write that. And actually, my son-in-law writes to that that genre, and I am just filled with awe for that. Uh, no, I am romance, um, contemporary mostly, uh, new adult, small town, military, sports. Um, I write paranormal romance. I'm switching actually all my paranormal to another pen name. And under another pen name, I write erotic romance. So I, I currently have my own real name, which is me, Tadra. And then I have um, two active pen names and two that are um, in the wings. Yeah, so. I, I think... When I first met you, I think I asked you, uh, or I, I mean, I never would have asked you what your quote real name was, but I think I implied that you know you had a great pen name. <laughs> you, <laughs> no, this is my name. This is my that's real your name. actual name. My like actual it's name. like your parents said, one day she'll be an author. You know. <laughs> well, I always say I got my first name from creative parents, which is right. exactly true and i got my last name from my husband so you know it just happened that that, that worked out i've had people argue with me and say no that's not you're, you're not telling me the truth and i've said well i you know i can bring you the first time i was published i was 11 years old and i still have the same first name my last name was different because i was not married at 11 believe right. it or not but um i've been married a long time but not since i was 11 so <laughs> right 
that is that is my my parents uh, compromised on my name. That's how I ended up getting it. So it's a lovely name. I, I love it. More I didn't like it so much growing up when, um, you know, I, I was an army brat. And so yeah. I was in a lot of new schools and you would always know when they were about to call on me because they'd be reading and then they'd read closer and they'd go, T -t right. what, what is this? <laughs> That's me. Careful now. That's uh, yeah. So I didn't have exactly that problem, but I, my first name is James. So that's always what people call me first. Yeah. And I, after a time, you know, especially when I got into college, it was, uh, they'd say James Tumlinson on kind of call on the roll. And I'd say, well, it's actually Kevin. It's just spelled like James. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what, what's your writing process like? Like you, you told me you got up earlier to knock some things out. I'm guessing some of that was your writing. It was actually, it was um, uh, something that I need to get done today. Um, I write a lot and I write fast. Um, I have somewhere north of 90 books in active release right now. Um, Holy cow, Tadra. I know, right? I thought I was prolific. Yeah. Um, you know, I started out I started out in YA uh, Paranormal because we all did. You know, I started in 2011. If you start in 2011, chances are you started out writing YA Paranormal because... Yeah. You know, it was just the thing to do. Even I um, have my YA paranormal books. Even did I. you really? Yeah, okay. I have a trilogy. Yeah. It so did I. Yeah, and then actually, actually, mine was a quartet. I lied. Mine was a quartet. Um, and then after I finished the last book in that that uh, quartet, I um, wrote a power a not a paranormal a uh, contemporary romance, an adult contemporary romance. Right. And it was so much fun that I said, I never want to write YA again. I'm done with YA. And that kind of became, um, you know, that, that became something I really enjoyed doing. Um, I, I joke that I didn't write my first book until after I was 40. And I had a lot of ideas that were yeah. percolating all those years. Um, I released pretty slowly the first three years. And then in 2014, I went to RWA. And that was in New Orleans. And um, that was the year that they said, if you're not rapid releasing, you're going to miss the boat. And I took them at their word. By them, I mean, you know, the powers that be. Everybody yeah. was selling really well. And I started releasing really, really fast. So I think within the next year, I released 12 books, I think. Uh, I'm not, don't, don't hold me to that. And then um, I just kind of kept up between probably six and 10 books a year. Um, in 2017, uh, my art, my husband's employment situation changed and I had to step up and I, I had already planned out six books for the first six months of that year. And I added 12 more. Wow. Yeah. So all I was doing the beginning of 2017, it's just a blur to me. Yeah. All I was doing was writing and it was across different series. So I couldn't like, it was military romance. It was paranormal. It was, it was just, it was a mess. It was that's mess. yeah. The, I, and you know, that's a fairly common story. I think uh, that's yeah. similar to my story. You know, it's a sort of a, I think I was the one who was out of work uh, when I just like mass accelerated uh, publishing, but uh, I, yeah, so many or so many authors have that origin story. Yeah. Somebody lost a job. Somebody did this or that, and suddenly yeah. you got to write twenty books. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. And, you know, I had been doing okay uh, up yeah. until then, but it was just kind of the, the impetus of, can we do this? My husband is a priest, which is, um, you know, kind of an odd coupling. I always tell people, and it's the truth that I was an author before he was a, a priest. So, um, you know, the fact that I write kind of hot and steamy romance he just had to adapt to it because I was already, I was already doing it. And I was already, uh, you know, firmly established in that career before he, the more I get to know you, Tadra, the more I love everything about your story. You didn't know that my husband was a priest? How have we never discussed this? I don't know. You know, I'm an ordained minister. Really? A lot of people don't know that. I didn't know that. In what denomination? Uh, I was born and raised Baptist, but I, it's a non-denominational ordination. But cool. yeah, and I went to seminary and everything. So, yeah, so did, yeah. there you my, go. Trivia. Friends, uh, I know. My husband's an Anglican priest. Yeah. And um, when, when I first started, actually when he first started after seminary, he was a third career priest or he is a third career priest. He's, he's still he's still doing it. Um, but after he went to seminary, he actually was a hospice chaplain for a long time. And nobody cared what the wife of a hospice chaplain did. You know, I could have I could have been a stripper and nobody would have cared. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it really would have been fine. But when he went into parish ministry, it became a little dicier. And that's when I um, started doing uh, pen names. And then when he left parish ministry and now he is a community chaplain, he just does he does what he does, but he's not, he's not paid for it. You know, he's not um, earning a living. He's not with a specific church. Yeah. Uh, we have an oratory. He does, um, uh, he has a huge garden um, yeah. that he feeds people from and, and, you know, feeds That's us. Cool. Yeah, it's very cool. It's, it's wonderful. Um, but, um, you know, and, and now we don't, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I don't keep my pen name separate and the, uh, we we tend to minister to a um, a kind of an older population. Um, our church service takes place in a senior living facility, and so yeah. they started asking me, "When can we read your books? When can we read your books?" <laughs> <laughs> I said, okay. Good for them! Oh and man, I donated a bunch to the their library there. Yeah, and um, they love them. And a couple of them, they they will come up to my husband after service and they'll say, "Father Clint." You're a very lucky man. (laughs) I agree with them. He is a very lucky Um, man. uh, Yeah. So that's fantastic. I I remind him of that. You know what this shows me? It shows me you and I do not talk enough. We we do not get deep enough in conversation at these conferences. We're we're always talking about like conference stuff or book stuff or promotion stuff. But right. Anyway, so yeah, to, to get back to your core question, I write a lot. I, I try right. to write. Um, I generally, when I'm when I'm like deep writing, um, I, I'm generally averaging between three and eight thousand words a day. So. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, and I and I'm dictating a little bit more now too, and then that's even more when I'm dictating. You know. Yeah, dictation. I have not been able to uh, embrace. I've tried it a, a half a dozen times over the span of my career just my yeah. brain i i'm a good talker and i'm a good writer but when you try to combine the two it's you know i'm a little bit of a moron so i don't i don't enjoy that process yet yeah. but i have to master it because i have to master all things writing yeah well for me it's dialogue that i can i can do like i can just do dialogue and then i have to go back and, and maybe put in the expo you know oh it. But it's it's very easy to do dialogue. I find it, it's I, I slow down a little bit more when I have to like put in the filler stuff in between. But um, you know, it's it's not it doesn't come out precisely clean. Um, yeah. 
So it does mean that if, and I have to do it, like if I dictate for three hours in the morning, that means before I go to bed that night, I have to clean that up because if I wait a, a day, I won't remember. I'll say, yeah, oh, you'll lose that. What was I trying that's, to say here? You know? well, that's really interesting. So that's, that means that you are, see, you're, you're changing my perspective on this and I may try this. So you're, you're doing scenes. Like you're, you're not trying to dictate like, cause I tend to be a very linear writer, right. you know? Uh, and I go back after the fact and I re-swizzle things and move things around, but I tend to try to tell the story from, from A to Z. So you're talking about dictating like a scene of dialogue and then cleaning that up after the fact. Right. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's very really try to do. Yeah. And then it's done, you know, at least if you have something down, you have something to work with. And, you know, if I get, 3,000 words in a dictation cycle, yeah. you know, uh, uh, you know, raw, they might come down. It, it might go up and it might go down, but it's, it's there. It's something to work with. And that's yeah. always easier than starting from scratch. And for me, I, my brain tends to work better if I'm up, you know, doing things like I, I try to do really fun stuff, like, you know, sweeping the floor or folding laundry or emptying the dishwasher, you know, yeah. all that glamorous things um and, and my brain works better so i'll just throw on my headphones and, and dictate while i'm doing it so like karate kid sweep the floor and then oh, you're right. yeah wax on wax off you, you crane kick for the final scene Always. Now, people can't really see my both arms up and my knee because i can't talk about <laughs> crane kick without actually acting it out um <clears throat> okay so that brings us around though because you so you had this scenario where your husband's out of work. You got to kind of step up, uh, step up your game, uh, write more books. But it wasn't writing more books in and of itself isn't always going to be enough no. to make a living. No. And you, you've you got tips on low budget uh, marketing. And I, so I definitely want to hear that. I know everybody listening wants to hear. But look, before you get to it, before yeah. you get to it, everybody watching YouTube, Facebook and otherwise, uh, make sure you're dropping questions into the comments because in the last 15 minutes, which is coming up at about 10-ish minutes from now, 15 minutes from now, I guess, uh, we will take all your questions live. Uh, maybe not all, but we're going to try to get to everything we can. So ask <laughs> yeah, what you want. <laughs> yeah. And you may want to ask some questions about conventions and uh, and priests or whatever, but you're probably going to want to ask about marketing. So go, Tadra. Tell us Tadra Candle's marketing secrets. Well, um, I, I've been, I've been, marketing has been something I've been excited about almost since the beginning of my career. Um, just because, you know, when we started out, there was, there was very little for indie people. There was, you know, we, we were trying to do things the same way that the tribe people were doing. It wasn't working for us. Um, back in those days, we didn't have aggregators. We didn't have draft to digital right away, which is wonderful and great. Um, we didn't have book bub. I told you, you didn't have to kiss up to D to D. I know, but I did anyway. You know, I, just, I, just threw that in there. I, I threw that in there because you said it. Um, um, we had something called pixels of ink. I don't know whether anybody is old enough to remember that or has been around as long as I have enough to remember. Pixels of ink was the place that if you could get them to feature your book, you you saw sales, you saw return. And um, they were the book club of their day. They were, but it was, I, you know, I will venture to say that it was even harder to get into pixels of ink. So, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that was just my experience, but um, you know, so I really, um, I was very, very fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of people. Mandy Stevens uh, had started um, 
the uh, uh, promotional book tours before I even knew her. And so I worked with her for a while with that. And she just had amazing ideas. And when I would say, you know, I don't know what to do about this, we would brainstorm it. And we had um, other people working for us too, who were just fabulous and, and gave me great ideas. And, you know, I think that brainstorming and jumping off of other people's ideas is, is the best way you can do it. You really need an author tribe. You need a group of people who will say, um, oh yeah, you know, that's a great idea. But what if you did this? What if you did that? So I, I really think that's, that's the best thing. Um, you know, but I learned very quickly that I had to get my newsletter up and going. And, and I did that. I really didn't know. I, I was greener than green when I started. I knew nothing about that. Um, so I, I'm very self-taught. And when you're self-taught, I think you, you um, also learn to kind of uh, tweak the system to work yeah. for and, and that's what I did. So, um, you know, author interaction is author reader interaction is really important. So I, I try to be very present in social media. I have a, a very active core group of readers who I, I adore and love. And uh, they're the temptresses. We're on Facebook. Um, I, uh, I send out a weekly newsletter, which is something I just started doing this this year. But it's been it's been a lot of fun. I get a lot more interaction. Um, We've also just launched um, a, a, a new associated network. Um, Mighty Network offers you the opportunity to have kind of a group that's not affiliated with social media. Um, I found that a lot of my readers who were interacting on newsletters uh, were not comfortable with being on Facebook, which I understood, but I really didn't. It, it, the, the interaction was very one way or at best two ways, but um, it was not great between, you know, if, if you have a newsletter and people are emailing you and you're emailing them, that, that's just two people. But if you have a network, um, they can post a picture of their cat and, you know, then another reader can see it and say, oh, yeah, my cat looks just like that or my cat does this and they post a picture. And then the interaction becomes um, lateral or as, as well as, you know, just, just up and down. So um, that's been a lot of fun. Um, I am just, uh, my marketing style is uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained. I yeah. will basically try anything once and, and see, you know, I'll grab a, a group of authors and say, um, let's all release a, uh, a book that features a meet cute. We did that, I think, in 2016, I think. I think that was the year of meet cute. And we, called it, we called it the meet cute books. And each, uh, there were 12 authors and each month one of us released a book that um, featured a meet cute. And That's then interesting. We cross promoted each other. Yeah, we yeah, each had yeah. a So it was fun, you know. Um, th there's a lot of different things to do, and and just because you've done something once doesn't mean um, right. it's going to work forever, and it also doesn't mean it won't work again. So I'm starting to see now things that we started way back in 2012, 2013 are starting to work again. So. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Like. Every Little things that we kind of, some of us, we kind of abandoned, like, ah, oh, it's dead. No one, no one's doing, you know, right. that thing anymore. And then suddenly it's like, oh, I've discovered a new way to reach this untapped you know, market. Yeah, well, it's true. It's true. I mean, I think blog tours might even actually. You think? I was, uh, I've been curious about that because they, they seem like they fizzled out there for a while. They did fizzle out for a while. They did. Um, I won't say they fizzled out. I will say that there be there began to be a glut of authors who all were um, 
kind of beating down the doors of, of bloggers. I cannot say enough wonderful things about book bloggers. Um, I don't think any of us in the indie community would be where we are if it weren't for book bloggers. Um, right. I just, I, I love them and they have been fabulous with me. And uh, some of our original bloggers from uh, promotional book tours are still some of my top fans and still, um, you know, reading all of my books and reviewing and, and, you know, no matter what I write, they will, they will read and review. So I love them. I think that it might take a different, um, might take a different form. I don't know exactly what, but Instagram is huge. Bookstagrammers, they may be the new book bloggers. Really? Love Instagram. So terrible at Instagram. <laughs> really? See, I really got to get my game together. Really, I like you know. I like Instagram though. One of the things I like about Instagram is uh, if I share something there, I can immediately share it to both Facebook and Twitter, which is very handy. But uh, you know, and it also forces me to think in terms of an image. To so because we're writers. I tend to write a lot uh, in a post. So if I have to be a little more concise and put something in an image, you know, it, it forces me to be more mindful of my marketing. So, And you, you just have to make sure it sticks to brand. You know, like yeah. part of my branding is um, I almost always, not always, but most of the time I post at the end of the day, whatever beer I'm drinking. So I, I have a, a, you know, beer of the day hashtag and I try to, you know, mix it up. I go to uh, our local you yeah, you and Mark Lefebvre need to just do right. uh, an evening of beers, you know, a I'm virtual kidding. beer tour. I know. Well, I did right after right after the the quarantine started. One of the things I did was host a um, a virtual booze tour. I got I think there were twelve of us, and we each did lives. We did it as an event, and we did lives in our house and yeah. like, mixed up drinks, and then we went from different rooms or different parts of our house. It was you know it was because. We couldn't do go anywhere else, so we may as well. What are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. Right. So it was fun. The readers enjoyed it. Uh, you know, we each did readings of our books or our works in progress or whatever. So. Yeah. And well, again, okay. We have come to the point in the program where we're going to open things up for people to uh, ask us anything. If you're listening, if you're watching and uh, you haven't popped a question in, uh, no matter where you are, pop it in. I should see it. Uh, well, unless you're watching an entirely other uh, live stream, uh, then I might not see it. Uh, but uh, ask whatever you like. And if you don't ask stuff, it means I got to ask more stuff. So pop right. in there. Yeah. Um, so uh, and I just popped up your uh, URL for your website. So I definitely want people to go check you out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and also for those of you watching, um, make sure you hit like and subscribe on whatever platform you're on. If you're on YouTube like and subscribe to our channel or like in this video subscribe to our channel same with facebook uh so you'll get alerted to uh more of these because we got a ton of them. we're doing a bunch of these over the summer so uh that was me buying time so that i could get to the uh question that i uh saw pop through here um here we go let's pop this balloon up even though it may not fully be a question so yeah, just read it. hopefully you I'm can i'm gonna read it out to you Okay. Are you on your phone? Are you doing this on your phone? No, I'm on my laptop, but the, the print is like, like it's tiny. It's it's not even a centimeter, I don't think. And I All right. Have, so. That's fine. That's okay. fine. I got us covered. So okay. he says, uh, I've just shifted wide from KU, needed some inputs about marketing on different platforms. Which platform should we give more weightage? I write art instructions, nonfiction books. Ooh, nonfiction is tough. Um, uh, that's, that's a tough one. 
Yeah, I, I think aside from Amazon, probably probably Apple Books would be my um, my suggestion because they have yeah. a you know you can go there and you can see the the top the top one hundred or I think it's a hundred and nonfiction too, yeah. and um, yeah, Apple Apple Books does some some good promo and um, you know I know you all do it when whenever they offer promo you guys offer it too that's that's one of the places yeah we're fine tuning our game on promotions too we yeah. hired this yeah. uh, this this like stunning hottie to run uh, the promotion side of this and I'm allowed to say that legally because she's my wife she's going to be helping out on that side of things. Uh, so we got a uh, question from Alexis, who is a darling and was on the show just a couple of days ago. Uh, so Alexis asks, of the reoccurring, you don't have to lean in. Okay. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. Okay. You know, are you actually reading the question? Though? I don't know. You could be making this up. I am making it up. Okay. These, those things you see on screen aren't even words. Okay. Okay. Uh, so of the, the reoccurring conventions you have gone to, which one do you think has the most to offer for indie or new authors? Okay. From a learning perspective, of course, I'm going to say Nink. I, you know, there, there's just, and I would say that even if I were not the Nink president. I don't know. I think you're contractually obligated. I probably am contractually obligated. Um, but I would, I really would. I've been saying this since before, since before then, from a learning point of view. Um, now I will say that last year I went to, um, Sky Warren's, uh, romance author mastermind and yeah. it just blew me away. I mean, but that is specifically romance and it's, it's, um, you know, it's by invitation only, and it is intense. It is from like eight in the morning until 10 at night. And you are, you know, you are just wrung out, but you have learned so much. Um, Nink is great for um, learning. We have uh, high level workshops, very high level workshops. Um, uh, and, uh, and also networking, I would say. Nink, we like to play as hard as we work, I would say. True. I, I say this about Nink. This is one of my favorite things about Nink. Um, you can count on what I'll say. I'm just going to make up a number. Okay. okay. 95%. It may be even higher than that. 98% of the people you encounter at Nink from the authors to the uh, industry folks are a game players. Like they are, they are killing it. They're making a, you know, they're making a great living from this stuff. Uh, Cause Nink isn't an inexpensive conference to yeah. attend. Uh, especially if you have to come in from out of state, but it is, uh, it, it is uh, to me, the, it, it's one of the industry leaders, a right. great place to coordinate and, and uh, network with folks. So yeah, we I mean, did all that. From a beginner's from, if, if you're just starting out, it can be a little overwhelming, I would think. So if you were just starting out, I would try something like um, Orlando reads books. I would try um, uh, any of the, any of the smaller conferences that are, that do feature um, industry guests because you are yeah. more there. So one of, one of the things I like about Orlando Reads Books is it is uh, in part a reader-facing conference as well. So uh, you guys do a whole reader-centric day, um, and the authors get a chance to have a table and uh, mm -hmm. put their books up. Maybe do some selling, do some signing. Uh, you don't see that at every conference. So that's actually a really cool thing. No, no, that's true. And, um, you know, and also most states have their own, 
like Florida has FWA and I know most, you know, so, so those would probably be, if I were just starting out, that's where I would want to go. Um, I did one last year, right after me called um, Moonlight Magnolias in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm supposed to go to that, but I think it's getting canceled. Oh, is it? (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know because I'm not, I'm not uh, slated to be there this year. But um, I would, it's another great, it's another great conference, and I saw a lot of, um, it was, it was definitely there were a lot of people there who are in the midst of writing books and um, and publishing. So there was some good entry level information. Yeah, yeah. Uh, One last parting bit about conferences. There's, uh, Todd mentioned there's usually one statewide, uh, but in every major metropolitan area I know has at least one author conference. So you don't have to travel across the country to go to one of these. I I recommend starting local, finding, even if it's a smaller one, you know, uh, 20 to 50 people, uh, just go to experience the whole thing and get comfortable with it. And then maybe you can save up and go to a bigger one later. So yeah. And, you know, a lot of times, even your local library in Orlando, our, um, our Orange County library, uh, the events person is actually an author. It's a friend yeah. of mine. And she does, uh, you know, I think every month there's an author and they're speaking, I think. And she organizes a conference as well that takes right. place in the library and it's very reasonable. So, you know, check your libraries once yeah. they're open again. Once they're open again. <laughs> yeah. 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 I may have to start uh, pulling together some kind of like virtual library tour thing that I can pitch to libraries. Look, bring authors in, even if it's over zoom or something, let's, let's keep people interested in libraries. All right. We got another question. Uh, Read that one for me, Tadra. I'm kidding. Okay. uh, So what program do you use for dictation dragon and MP3 player? I've played around with dragon in the past. I've lately tried one called otter.ai. I use that one, by the way. Okay. Uh, I want to master dictation to boost word count, but I haven't found a good system yet. So what do you use, Tadra? Okay. I have used um, Dragon Anywhere on my iPhone. I just put in and I have my, yeah, I already have, I had them ready. I have my little headphones here. And really, I think a good set of headphones is is the key. Um, because I tried it, I, I walk a lot. I used to be a runner before my knees gave out and, um, I walk a lot. And so I would put in my, my, you know, trusty Apple headphones and it wasn't picking up what it needed to. I mean, it was just gibberish. It was, I couldn't even figure out what I was trying to say. So a good set of headphones with a good microphone is great. Um, Dragon anywhere I think is like $15 a month if it's a subscription. However, having said that, there is a free one called Speechy, and I, I think it might just be Apple phones, but um, it's it's called Speechy, and it's free, and um, it will also um, send your you, – you can also send it. It will transcribe it, and you can have it sent your um, as a, uh, you know, as a um, – a file and you can also listen to yourself again it, it's both recording and transcribing yeah so those are great yeah. it was just a thing because if you can't figure out what it was that like if it transcribes something you need to go back and listen to what you said you can do that right so, yeah um did you i don't I, and i may have missed it did you mention the like built-in tools at all or did because apple actually has some great uh dictation tools built into the, some of their stuff if you don't have a budget you yeah. can start there yeah, you can. The other thing you can do, and actually, uh, my my friend Lisa Huey clued me into yeah. this. If you put Google on any phone, you can use the speech function there. The only thing you have to watch oh. that it will turn off pretty quickly 
if you're not continuing. Like if you take a, a pause and think about what you're going to say, it might turn off. So you have to kind of keep your eye on it. Interesting. There's That's nothing more frustrating than dictating a chapter, or not a chapter, a paragraph and looking back and realizing. You know, uh, Google Voice does a automated transcription. You could always call yourself. And, uh, oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're really talking to yourself there, right? You're exactly. Yourself- and then you get, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of options out there. There really are. If you're, if you haven't, my suggestion is that if you haven't actually tried dictation, don't pay for anything until you try yeah. one of these things and see if it works for you. Yeah, you can at least try out the the process, if not the specific software. You can. I'll just we'll just reveal the secret. There's better software, oh, and yeah. that do that does better things and makes this a little easier. But if you just want to try it out, um, really, I'd start with the built-in stuff. If you have an iPhone or a Mac or something, uh, I'm sure Android and Windows machines are the same way. Have something. Uh, try out the stuff you already have just to see if you like the rhythm of it. Right. So. Uh, this is, uh, this is a pretty epic question. I don't know, uh, if we have time to answer this, uh, what's your favorite beer? Uh, you know what? I lost you there for a moment. Oh, you lost me at the exact wrong time. What's your favorite beer? Okay. What's my favorite? What's my favorite beer? Right. Okay. Um, that's really hard. It's like asking what's my favorite kid or, or what's my favorite book? Um, Purple Haze by Abrita. That's that's okay. a favorite. Um, uh, Shiner, I like that. That's I a, love a, Shiner. That's a Texas yeah. beer, so I'm on Texas board. Beer. Yeah, okay. my my um, my uh, girlfriend, author uh, Olivia Harden, turned me on to Shiner because she I, I edit her books and she writes about them and so yeah. I was like, hmm, I got to try that. So yeah, my favorite thing is to go to Publix does this, and also um, Fresh Market. You can go and make your own six pack. And that's my favorite thing to do yeah. because I get bored. Um, Kona, I've been drinking, uh, Publix just had a, a BOGO on Kona. So I've been drinking Kona beer lately. Um, and I hate to say it, but during the summer, my go-to is Corona with lime. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not popular now. But. No problem. That's no problem. We don't blame the beer manufacturer for our current circumstances. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm, uh, I frankly, sadly, I know I'm going to take flack for this. I'm not really a beer guy. Uh, so I don't have, I, I like Shiner and, uh, I like, um, you know, things, I like stouts and things like that. I like something that's got a little bit of texture to it, you know, yeah, some rich yeah. stuff. Yeah. You know? It depends but, on, on who I'm with and what I'm doing. Um, my, my youngest daughter, um, and my kids are all old, you know, they're all they're all of age to drink, but um, my youngest daughter, she likes uh, Angry Orchard. So when she comes home, we yeah. Angry Orchard together. Yeah, so. I've, I've tried that. That's that's a pretty decent. It's interesting. That's an yeah. interesting beer. It is. It is. And I am a later in life beer person. I didn't like beer until I was over 40. So I became an author. <laughs> so part of me wants to say, well, maybe I should give it a, shot, a better shot than I have in the past and I'll become a beer lover. But I'm half afraid I'll become a beer lover. So... Um, <laughs> This question isn't so much for you. It's more of a D2D question. He's asking if they can apply for promos for Apple via D2D. Um, sort of. Uh, what we do is we get a promo. Uh, Apple reaches out to us and says, we're going to have a promotion. And they give us the guidelines. And then we will do our best to try to find books that fit that. And one of the ways we do that is we'll, we'll create 
these don't just exist out there. We create them at the time of the promotion and uh, offer authors a chance to, to opt in. And that's part of the part of what my wife's actually helping with. So she and Mark Lefebvre and Dan Wood have been uh, pulling together some ways. Uh, and this is going to evolve over time so that we can get a little better about how we offer authors promotions. Uh, so take heart. We, if you're a DDD author, you had a real good chance of being alerted to some of these. We don't alert you publicly. So make sure you are, you don't have to distribute through us to have an account. So just make sure you have at least an account so that you can know when things are coming up. Uh, but you would have to distribute through us to participate. So right. neener, yeah. neener, neener. Um, One of my best months ever was with an Apple promotion through D2D and that was, that was a, a while back, but it was, well, was huge. I don't think I'm revealing any secrets here when I say Apple really likes doing business with the authors through us um, yeah. because we, you know, we take care of the customer support side, you know, so they, they'll reach out to us for all kinds of interesting things. You know, they sometimes they'll ask if we'll speak on their behalf about something because they're, they're frequently not allowed to speak on a topic. They're shy, right? Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. And, uh, and, but they'll, uh, they'll pretty often, uh, say, Hey, we're going to be running this kind of promotion. Uh, and we may have one coming up. I think I, I don't, I don't want people rushing, uh, support about it or anything. I don't know details yet. So this is the part where Alexis would say, shut up, Kevin. Uh, so forget I said anything. I don't know anything. Um, I don't know. What, I, I'm going to put this question up because I don't, I, I, we must have used some acronyms, and I don't know which acronyms. I know we've said RWA, oh. which is Romance Writers of America, of America right? Uh, I was going to say association for a second there. I blanked. Uh, so did we use any other acronyms that you are aware of? NINC, if anybody doesn't know, NINC is NINC. Novelist Inc. Yeah. Novelist Inc. And you can go to the, the website. Is um, is Actually, if you Google NINC, you'll, it'll come up. Um but it's a um, it's an author uh, organization. Uh, you have to qualify for membership. Yeah. Um, and if you want to attend the conference in 2020, you must be you must have applied for membership by May 31st. Yeah. And yeah. There you go. Yeah, because there is a process to to become a member and can't. Um, you know, I I I put in to be a member, and there was like some glitch with between my email addresses or something and it, it never got resolved. And I think I never went back. I need to, and because I'm always there, I forget. Right. So I need to, I need to try again. Uh, there are, there are definitely benefits to being a member. Yeah. So, you know, you should talk to the president about that. Maybe she can do it. <laughs> if you can put me in touch, I'd appreciate it. Uh, because she and I don't talk enough is the problem. If you buy her. Uh, uh let's see uh yeah this is a comment about uh the beer i'm not i'm not beer either i like uh apple ale and disserano am i saying that right i don't know the term i can't see it but i i applaud you sir for your uh your good taste i'm sure it's very good taste um so okay uh and alexis did in fact say shut up kevin so (laughs) shutting up i'm no longer going to uh to uh, say that so uh but we're at time anyway so i appreciate it we're kind of running over just a little so that's my fault but uh thanks todra for hanging out with us i really appreciate it thank you uh for everyone else uh you 
thank you for being a part of the show as well. Uh, so make sure that you are subscribing to us on uh, Facebook and YouTube. If you go to, I'm told this link actually works, so no more correcting it. Uh, YouTube.com slash draft digital. And you can uh, subscribe, like this video, because that helps with the algorithms, uh, which are like, that's like uh, indie author speak for magic. And uh, you, if you subscribe, you'll be alerted whenever we get, you know, you'll get your little feed and you can see when some of these new ones pop up. Same thing with facebook.com slash draft digital. Uh, and that will allow you to be alerted on Facebook every time we have one of these. And you can pop in and do comments, ask questions. It's a lot of fun. And be sure you bookmark d2dlive.com because you'll get to see a really cool countdown timer and you'll gain access to all the past live stuff that we've done. Uh, but the next upcoming stuff will be counted down right there. So that is it. Thank you again, Tadra, for joining us. Thank you, uh, loyal watcher. I mean, there's like 20 or 30 of you in there still right now. So thank you for hanging out with us. And we'll see you all at the next DVD Spotlight coming up tomorrow at noon central. See you there. Bye-bye. That's it for this week's Self-Publishing Insiders with draft to digital Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and share the show with your will-be author friends. And start, build, and grow your own self-publishing career right now at draft2digital.com.